This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Getting you set for the weekend and not just talking about basketball for the first time in a while. We've got tennis. In fact, you'll hear my chat with men's tennis coach Ashley Fisher, whose team is traveling to Boca Raton to hopefully get in a match today on time. Probably not due to the weather, but planning still to play three teams this weekend. We also have track and field to get you set for. We will tell you that as you're hearing this, probably in the morning on a Friday, I am chatting up members of the softball team, some familiar names and some transfer names. So it should be a fun set of interviews we have for you over the next couple of weeks on Bulls Beat. And again, a month ago, well, last night, the season will have began. We'll end the hour with Around the American. It has been a crazy couple of days in basketball. And as you know, it was a wild one for the men's basketball team. We will give you some extended highlights here in our first segment of a memorable game. Yes, indeed, a loss. I know. They were leading in the second half and couldn't hang on, but kind of a different opponent, the number one team in the country, one that's not used to being challenged so staunchly, and the Bulls were very much challenging the top team. They went from there to Greenville, North Carolina, where you'd think that they could pull off their first conference victory of the season on Sunday. We'll preview that here shortly. In our second segment, some highlights since we didn't do show yesterday of the latest great third quarter for the women's basketball team, even though it was a little delayed this time. That was to go to 4-0 on Wednesday night in the conference with their win against Memphis, and they'll be playing Tulane at home on Saturday night. A couple of other things to tell you about. If you follow the USF men's soccer team on Twitter, they let you know about some newcomers to the roster. In fact, four of them yesterday won a transfer from Georgia State. That's a team that it was looking like it was going to make the NCAA tournament, didn't quite pull it off, got blown out in their conference tournament, but we're right there on the bubble. Remember, we were watching the bubble for the Bulls' purposes. His name is Max Wilkins. He's a forward out of South Carolina. He tied for the team lead. Again, playing for a near NCAA tournament team last year, scored seven goals, and he is coming to the USF Bulls. They also get a transfer goalkeeper from Elon, which was an NCAA tournament team. Now, Cam Pell, who goes 6'5", did not play last year. They had a guy that played every game, but and this sounds a little bit like the Bulls goalkeeper from last year, Jackson Wyman, did appear in more than 10 matches over a couple of seasons, again, for a good program, and apparently he now will be, I'm guessing anyway, the Bulls' starting goalkeeper. They also announced the addition of a couple of Floridians, freshmen-to-be, Tyler Richardson and Mikhail Keese, so we'll learn more about them, I'm sure, and pass those bits on to you. Outgoing from the team, we just mentioned a couple of additions from other schools for men's soccer. Jordan Smith, who was a guy that bounced between possibly being a quarterback for the Bulls and playing other positions and never really got on the field that much, and Sincere Brown, a receiver, are both announcing that they are entering the transfer portal. Saw that Clemson let go of its offensive coordinator in a big move yesterday, and of course everyone on Twitter was immediately putting Jeff Scott possibly there, but the reports are that they're going to grab the guy from TCU who you know sparked their offense, Garrett Riley. Well, we said we we're going to give you some extended highlights from, again, we did not do a show on Thursday, Wednesday night. In case you weren't tuned in, maybe during the first half anyway, you were listening to our women's basketball broadcast on USF Bulls Unlimited. Again, this broadcast was on the Strike HD2 1025, and man, did the Bulls strike back a lot in this game with the number one team in the country. Now, got to mention they were without their 6'8", 240-pound 
everything freshman Jerace Walker, who had just gotten his scoring average above 10 points per game with back-to-back performances of 23 and 21 points, also averages six boards a game. So they weren't quite the same team, but that doesn't take away their entire identity, which is grab every rebound, constant effort, and defend, defend, defend to the tune of the best defense in the country scoring-wise, only allowing 50.5 points per game. And they certainly don't give up clean looks from the perimeter. They were allowing their opponents less than 25% from range. But Tyler Harris would change that tune. Boy, these were some fun highlights in the first half, including an ending 10-0 run right when it seemed like old Derek Sharp the other Derek Sharp, the one that used to play for USF and made the NCAA tournament as their shooting guard. The son of Derek Sharp was going to fire Houston into a rout. Didn't happen. Tyler Harris brings the ball up. Got to get Tyler going from beyond the arc. Drifts to his right, runs into contact, passes to Sam Hines, nearly taken away. Now here's a lob. Jameer Chaplin catches it and gets the reverse layup. I think they were thinking alley-oop there, but Jameer took the safe route and got the layup instead. This is Selton Miguel with a couple of jab steps. On the sideline, he gets it to Russell Chiwa. Russ with a rip move. He's going to go all the way to the basket, all the way to the rim, off the window and in. Russell Chiwa put it on the floor and beat his man to the basket. Haven't seen Russell do that move very much this season, but I like it. I like it. I like the decisiveness, and he... He took it right to the defense and scored. Bulls get the stop, down 9-6. Jameer Chaplin turns the corner, kicks it in the perimeter. They swing around. Tyler Harris steps into a long-distance three. Bingo! Tyler Harris has tied this game in great ball movement. Miguel gets it to Tyler Harris, kind of stumbles, fires a three on the right side, and he gets that to go. Somebody's heating up. Sasser, he's going to step back and launch a three, and that is good. And back and forth we go, 15-12 Houston. Well, crowd-pleasing game breaking out right now. The rebound is controlled by Houston. Boy, they're getting everything now. Here comes Shedd the other way to Sasser trailing. Now to Sharp. He's trailing for three. Good. I'm telling you, this last five minutes is huge. You have to stay with this team going into the locker room. Yeah, that's and that's it. Brian Gregory wants a timeout. That's a great timeout by Brian Gregory. The Bulls need it. To Emmanuel Sharp on the right wing. Sets his feet, fires, and hits another three. And all of a sudden, it's 11. One, and now it's 11 just in a blink of an eye. Selton runs it up to the three-point line. Now gives it off to Tyler Harris. He's got Emmanuel Sharp on him. He lost him, fires a three, and got it. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> he undressed him in front of 7,000 people. And Tyler Harris now has 13 points. And, uh, yeah, you're right. That was, uh, that was a tough one for the defender. Back to Miguel. Makes a move. Now he finds a little bit of real estate. 17-footer didn't go. Put back by Jameer Chaplin. And the Bulls have it down to one with 35 seconds to go. Got to admire the fight of the Bulls in the last few minutes. 10-0 run by the Bulls here, trying to get to the locker room. They are down a single point with 18 seconds to go. Shed out near midcourt. 14 on the game clock, 10 on the shot clock. Makes his move left, passes to Sasser. Four on the shot clock. Going to work on Harris. Two on the shot clock. Gets in the paint, throws up a runner that misses. Tipped by Houston, missed again. Offensive rebound by Mark. Put back with one second. That missed, and the Bulls withstand a furious rally by Houston, and the Cougars will have a one-point lead going into the locker room, Joey, but it was 11 just two minutes and 21 seconds ago. Look, the Bulls came into Houston tonight for Tita Center, the number one team in the country. They played a great, great first half. They were shooting 48% in the first half against a team that was allowing a ridiculously low number, 33.2%. You only make one out of every three shots. The Bulls made one out of every two almost, 12 for 25. And from distance, where again, Houston gives up a slim pickin', 23.9. That's one for four, obviously, the Bulls. 
were four out of ten with Tyler Harris. As you heard, he was in showdown mode, and you are very happy to have a guy like that on your team. Now, the only downside was the foul total. It seemed like there was going to be a lot of trips to the line, and boy, was there a key foul-driven sequence, technical foul-driven sequence in the second half. But let's take you up to the point where the Bulls led in Houston by five. Sam Hines puts it on the floor, gets to the low block. Now he tries to step through, throws a floater, and that got rejected. Into the hands of Jamal Shedd. Cross-court pass to Sasser. Spots up from three, and it's good. And right out of the locker room, it took him 24 seconds to make that three. Sam was bound and determined to make that shot, but just did not have a good opening. He had it swatted, and Sasser gives some momentum and gets the crowd involved. 18-19 to go, USF down four. Bulls still haven't scored in the second half. Selton Miguel on the left wing. Crosses over, gets into the paint, leaves it for Sam Hines. Sam, left-handed dribble. Kicks it back into the corner to Selton Miguel. Got a big man on him. Does he want to break him down on the dribble? He's going to step back, launch a three, off the rim. Fight for the rebound is tipped by USF. No, tipped by Houston. That looked like it was by Russell Chiwa. And the fans agree, but we'll take it. Fresh 20 for USF. Fans aren't used to the other team getting possession. They're used to Houston getting all the second chance points and all the rebounds. Yeah, exactly. Occasionally, the other team gets some. Pulls down four. Tyler Harris, long distance three. Yes! Tyler Harris, his fourth triple of the game. That was the farthest easily. That was from way downtown. Yeah, I think that was from the R on the Fortita Center on the floor. That was a long, we could almost grab Tyler Harris. He was closer to us than the basket. Swings it to Mark. He's going to fire three. Front rim, side rim, off rim. Fight for the board is controlled by Russell Chiwa. I know I keep saying it's a fight for the rebound, but it is every single time. Every single time. Sam Hines. Sam gets in the paint, lowers his shoulder, kicks it out to Miguel. In the corner, Keyshawn Bryant loads up a three. Yes! A big one. Double fists in the air for Brian Gregory, and the Bulls lead by two, 42-40. It's a 6-0 run for the green and gold. Great shot by Keyshawn Bryant. Not necessarily his forte, the outside shooting, but he made it true from the corner, and the Bulls up 42-40. to just his eighth make of the season. Shed push off, gets free, stops on the three-point line and makes the three, and they lead by one. Oh, push off on Tyler Harris, who tried to sell that, and he didn't get the call this time. Here come the Bulls the other way with 16 and a half to go. Harris spots up, launches another three. He got another one! He got another one! Tyler Harris is smoking hot! Oh, my goodness. Tyler Harris has 19 points. He's made five of seven threes. The last two are from the stratosphere. And, and they're booing Russell Chiwa for tying his shoes. Yep. Getting a little rest. Sasser. He's got Selton Miguel on him. Goes back to Shed, who got away with a little foot shuffle. Off the window. Tough angle shot. And he got it to go over Russell Chiwa. Boy, that was tough. That was a circus shot. Shed didn't even know where he was shooting it, but it went in. Tyler Harris being hounded. Picks up his dribble. Looking for help. Right side pass. This is Keyshawn Bryant, gets to the paint, gets to the rack, off the window, didn't fall. Offensive rebound, a putback and a foul. And I believe that was Russell Chiwa was. that got the putback, and he's going to go to the line. Russell Chiwa is doing great work on the boards, getting these offensive rebounds and sticking them back. 7.7 rebounds, free throw, good by Big Russ. It's 49-45, 15 minutes to go, and the Bulls again have their largest lead of the game. Here comes USF attacking to our left. Miguel gets a great screen from Sam Hines, took a man out. Here's a pass inside. Chi will lay up good. What a screen by Sam Hines, Jr. He erased 
Jamal Shedd, he took him to the woodshed is what he did. And Russell Chiwa continues to come up big for the Bulls with their largest lead of the night, 51 to 46. 51 to 46 was the score with 14-26 left, but yes, you knew a butt was coming. Unfortunately, this seems to happen in every game. Remember against Wichita State, the Bulls just went cold for a while. And in this game, from that field goal make you just heard, the Bulls did not make another field goal until the 6-0-3 mark. Now, there were six points in there via free throws, but the Bulls had more turnovers in that span than they did field goal attempts. In fact, they committed five turnovers in the next two-and-a-half-minute stretch, and by that time, Houston was up by five, so a 10 nothing run. And then when the Bulls were still hanging around at 62-57, to this really shaky technical foul call. Jim, no field goals for USF in the last 639, so pretty sizable drought that was broken up by some free throws, but they just can't get anything to fall from the field. And this has been a problem for them at crunch time, getting buckets at the offensive end. 62-55, 7.28 left. She will go to the line for a couple. First one is good. He is 7 for 8 from the free throw line. Houston's got to be going nuts. I mean, they look at him as a 60% shooter, but that's not what he's been over the last couple weeks. Yeah, he's been clutch from he's, the line. He's been 80% for the last couple weeks and makes another one. Chiwa with 14 points and 7 rebounds. It's back to a 5-point game, 62-57. Clock is running at 7.26 left. 8 of 9 for Big Russ from the free throw line. Park gets it off to Sasser. Sasser goes left, and there's going to be a foul on Selton Miguel. And there's some little extracurriculars afterwards. Corey Walker and Sasser were exchanging words. Corey throwing the palms up like, what did I do? Kelvin Sampson is out on the floor, 20 feet out on the floor. I mean, Rourke, Rourke just signaled like Corey Walker shoved him with two hands. That's what he just showed Brian Gregory, which was not the case. Nope. Replay upholds that. We just watched the replay 16 times in a row to our right. And they just came up with something. Joey, if this game was in the Yingling Center, that's not called. Just bottom line. It's just not called. So Sasser's going to go to the free throw line. Corey Walker must have said something. That's the only thing I can think of. I he guess. must have said something. The way Sasser reacted, yeah. it, it, it appeared to me that he, he heard something or he thought Corey said something. So he makes three of four. Turns a five-point game into an eight-point game. Sasser way over on the sideline. Back to the top to Shed. Francis rolls to the basket, doesn't get it. Shot clock at three. He's got to shoot a three. He does. He spots up, lets it fly, and makes it. That's all they've got on offense, Joey, is shooting threes between Sasser and Shed. That's it. And now 10 of 23 from long range, the Cougars. And they built this to an 11-point lead in the blink of an eye. I can tell you. Corey Walker definitely had the intention of doing some after-the-play type stuff that he doesn't need to be doing. But for all the physical play in this game, to get six points out of that just did not seem fair. Now, also Marcus Sasser, we must point out, was going unconscious because right after the Bulls had that five-point lead, he drilled back-to-back -back threes to give Houston the lead, and he scored 31 points. But so did the Bulls' Tyler Harris. It was a phenomenal performance. If you want to hear what Brian Gregory has to say about it, you can go to our Unlimited Unloaded page. Full post-game interview. Very, very proud of how the team played in this game and kept its head, but again, had that sort of turnover-filled time of it. 
It was 18 to 7 in the end as far as turnovers went. But everything else, Bulls shot nearly 49% from the floor, out-rebounded Houston, which was out-rebounding its opponents by 8.5 on average for the year. That is just phenomenal. Russ Chiwa had 8 of those boards, scoring 14 points, and was 8 of 9 at the line. The Bulls shot well from the line, 21 for 27. They were 13 for 17 in the second half. And Tyler Harris was 6 of 10 on 3, 7 of 8 at the line himself. Can they carry it over to East Carolina this week? As I say, you'd think they would get their first conference victory, but East Carolina has been okay this year. 10-8 and eight overall, but just 1-4 in conference. And does this sound familiar? Most of their losses have been close. By 2 to Temple, by 3 to UCF, and only by 10 at Memphis, mixed in with the win at Wichita. Now, in their last game, they got blown out, 83-55. to 55. At Cincinnati, that was on Wednesday night, so you think the Bulls, again, if they can bring that same energy, will be in good shape for a victory. East Carolina is led by Javon Small in scoring. He averages 16 points per game. He's also their top three-point shooter. They do have three folks that average in double figures. Jim and Joey will be back on the air Sunday at 12.30 for that one. We'll give you a few women's basketball highlights and my conversation with men's tennis coach Ashley Fisher when we come back on Bulls Beat. More Bulls Beat now. Once again, here's Derek Sharp. Basketball's been going now for a couple of months, but now the, well, spring sport of men's tennis and actually technically the winter into spring sport of indoor track and field. It is kind of strange, especially with how perfect the weather was yesterday, that we are actually beginning the indoor track and field season, which goes right into outdoor. So the Bulls will be in Gainesville competing. Full rundown of all the events that Eric Jenkins' squads will be participating in is up on a story on GoUSFBulls.com. It's there that you can also see what Joey Johnston wrote with head coach Ashley Fisher about this men's tennis team. The familiar names that helped the Bulls into the NCAA tournament the last couple of years, well, many of them aren't there anymore, including the top two in the lineup, Chase Ferguson, transferred to Oklahoma State. Also, ones that had eligibility but chose to take it elsewhere, Ivan Yatsuk and Antonio Muniz Hidalgo. The Bulls have replaced them. We'll see how well the replacements perform. It's very early. They're going to be three matches this weekend in Boca Raton, culminating with one against the host FAU. Supposed to play Rice, future conference opponent, today at 2 o'clock, but We'll see how that plays out with the the rain. I know that they were planning uh, to dress warm as it's going to get cold as well. But you'll hear Coach Fisher, who you probably know. If you don't, you'll figure it out right away, is Australian. Hint at Elijah Cham and Thomas Pavlikovich-Smith, both from Australia. Bulls have also added a freshman right from here in Lutz, Samuel Frizzell. Eric Gravelius is a transfer in from Georgia Davide Tortora comes from Mississippi State. As far as holdovers, there are three. Bruno Oliveira, who also came from an SEC school and performed well for the Bulls, especially as the year went on last season. Bruno Oliveira, Tom Pisani, who started off at LSU, and Alvin Tudoric, who had that famous 15-match winning streak last year. So that's your Bulls roster, and here's your Bulls head coach. Always great to see Ashley Fisher as the tennis season is about to get going for the Bulls this weekend. Coach, I'm not sure how you pulled it off. Uh, there's something called the kickoff event, and yet you're going to get, I think, six or seven matches in before. Is that something you wanted to do to prepare for Gainesville, or just how the schedule worked out? Yeah, more just how the schedule worked out. Um, you know, FAU is putting together a nice little kind of three-day weekend in Boca, and they invited us a couple of years ago, and mm. yeah, it's a good chance to, to get three really tough matches in early in the season and find out where we're at. 
Now, one thing that people think about when they think of the transfer portal is football and then basketball, but it affects a lot of sports. Obviously, it's affected your team. Talk about how you had to attack it and it, losing some guys, but also bringing some in. Yeah, it's it's part of college athletics now, and you know, we had a lot of guys graduate last year who had the extra year, and I think they saw it as an opportunity to get a get a, another experience for their final year. Um, particularly international guys that are kind of curious about the rest of the nation. Um, but you know, having said that, we were able to bring in um, Eric from, from Georgia and uh, Davide from Mississippi State, and um, you know we're excited to have them. They, had, they both had really good falls and are going to be big impact players for us. It's interesting, guys like Bruno and Alvin really made their impressions at the bottom of the lineup. Now, I think, I don't know what the lineup is, obviously, but that they can become maybe more leaders, or are some of the new guys coming in also maybe guys that can take on that kind of role? Yeah, I think I think a little bit of both. I think Alvin had an incredible year last year and just got better and better uh, as the season went on, and then had a really impressive fall, so... You know, we expect him to continue improving and play at the top of the lineup somewhere. Um, and then we're just going to have to wait and see about everybody else. I mean, it's it's a good it's a good problem to have, but we've got we've just got eight very good players that I could see see being comfortable kind of all across the lineup. So, um, you know, that's what we're going to have to figure out uh, in the next next couple of weeks, and and you know, just try a few different things out and see see who's able to step up and win some spots. You know, the two Aussies, you know, as you'd expect, it's it's a bigger trip. They got here got here really early. They were actually here in 22 before I went to Australia for, for Christmas and they, they beat me back um, so they've had plenty of time just to kind of adjust to their, their new environment and, and hit plenty of balls and um, we're, all, we're all rearing to go you can um, uh, flatter yourself a little bit here. Did, did your, your background have a little to, to do with them uh, showing up, both the new guys? Yeah, I've always <laughs> wanted to recruit from Australia. It's a, it's a big market, um, and it, it helps any time you, you talk to an Aussie player and you you, know, you can find some common ground pretty quickly. Um, but, yeah, I, I knew some of the coaches or some of the people that they knew, and, and that helped. And, yeah, we're excited to, to have them here and hopefully bring some more over. And then last thing, before fans can see them in person, obviously a big weekend. Uh, a little bit on the opponents. You mentioned it's a great event. And uh, what are your hopes for this weekend? Yeah, we're always hoping to, to win all our matches. Um, you know, three tough matches. Um, I don't really know if any of them will be harder than, than the other. Um, I mean, we're expecting, expecting some tough competition. Uh, we start out with Rice. We'll play Santa Barbara, a team we don't know much about. But, but you know, we, we made the mistake of underestimating a, a California team last year when we went out to Arizona and, and paid the price. Um, you know, I mean, it's, I feel like if we, if we play well, we can come away with three wins, but we're going to have to work hard and we're going to have to play well. Excellent. Best of luck this year. Hopefully another NCAA tournament trip in store and more. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, Derek. The California team you referred to last year was Cal Poly. The Bulls lost out in Tempe, then bounced back by beating New Mexico and, ironically, Rice, the team that they will be facing today. So the women's basketball team, 4-0 in conference in their three third quarters, all have been close games at halftime in conference play. They've outscored their opponents by 10 exactly the first two times, and then famously 25-6. to six. This was another 10-point decision. Took a while to get there, but they got there. Ochenecki gets stuck, but out to Puisis, fakes the three, now goes in for a long, a long two, and knocks it down. What a sweet stroke she has, and it's 31-26. Wilson wanted to hit Dulcie, but again, they front her well. But Priestess pops open off a screen for three, knocks it down. Sandy Priestess has sparked the Bulls here in the second half, and it's 34-28. 
Looking for Puisis off the screen. Almost travels, collecting the ball. Griggs is guarding her. Now floats it There's to Dulcie. double. She can triple. Can turn, and boy, you got to make that shot, and she does. It is a hook shot. She's got the height advantage and put it up over the triple team. It's 40 to 34. Yeah, Franklin Ariel Wilson's Wilson. defender sagging down to catch Dulcie over her left shoulder, and mm -hmm. then the help side defender coming over. Lynette Williams coming over. Lynette Williams, excuse There's me. There's Griggs for three. Ooh. Misses it. That That's a big shot. miss. Unfortunately, Memphis can't corral a rebound. Now Wilson looks to run. Puis is setting up. Jose pointing that way. Instead of the drop off to Danny, she can shoot those threes, and she swishes it through the hoop. That one almost ripped the cords. It's 43 to 34. It's just an interesting shot, right? But it's, it is calculated. I thought it was going to get in from underneath the basket. <laughs> she is now 7 for 18. So Griggs had an open three that would have cut it to three, and she is a phenomenal <laughs> three-point shooter. Out to Puisis. Oh, there oh she that's is. a great cut by Dulcie. Awesome catch. And the Bulls extend the lead to double figures for the first time today. It's 45-34. I mean, they've had to grind this out, though. It still does not feel like double figures. It feels like every shot is uh, <laughs> Memphis doing a great job on defense. It's a 7-0 run. Again, not committing the turnovers. They are shooting 60% in this quarter, but it took them a while to get to that fifth field goal attempt. And with 21 seconds, eight on the shot oh, clock. Oh, oh, that's a tough screen by Thomas, taking the no. contact oh, by Wilson. And Dulcie gets it over to Ariel, going to cross midcourt with 12 seconds to go. She's going to drive the lane. Oh, Ariel Wilson, an aerial display. It's 47 to 34. She got nudged in the head and was angry about it. Now on the other side, Welch doesn't see the clock, and she is going to have the clock expire. Ariel Wilson with a big time boost there for the Bulls. Some awesome defense and a 9-0 run to end the quarter, and it only took them about three minutes to do it. Seven for 11 in the frame, they are shooting 50% for the game. Again, when they're not turning it over, they're looking really good. And the Bulls, what did we tell you about the third quarters? The last three outscoring uh, their opponents by at least 10 every time. What was the score in this quarter? 18 to eight. Remember we told you about that stretch in the men's game at Houston where they had more turnovers than shots? The same thing happened here after Carla Brito hit that layup with 7.42 to go, it was 36-28. The Bulls didn't make another field goal until the three minute mark. And in that span, they did not get off a single field goal attempt. There were four turnovers. The difference, of course, is they weren't playing the number one team in the country. But on that note, they do want to put it together a little bit more completely. Now, Memphis right now is a very solid team. In fact, it's fluctuated between Memphis and Tulane is the second best net ranked team in the conference. And what do you know? Tulane is now in that second spot and coming to the Yingling Center on Saturday night. The Bulls have already won in New Orleans. But Tulane is coming off of its first conference victory, a resounding performance against Wichita State a couple of days ago. Even though none of them had their typical nights, they were still very, very solid for the Bulls. The big three, of course, I'm talking about. We also got to mention Ariel Wilson, as we did throughout the broadcast, for her defensive effort. She drew five charges. She had five rebounds, along with five points. And frankly, she doesn't get into the offense as far as scoring that much. But Elena Chinecki, still 14 points, six boards. Dulcie Fankamangiadu, 12 and 15. And Sammy Puisis, 10 points. So even in their off nights, they still get in double figures. We'll have the Bulls and Green Wave 645 pregame on Saturday. And, of course, we'll have a full weekend recap Monday on Bulls Beat. But that's the Friday show. I'm Derek Sharp. We're all about the University of South Florida, but we also want to keep you informed on the Bulls conference opponents. That's why three times a week we go around the American. With today's show, here's Derek Sharp. Just a few minutes on the show today, but we wanted to recap the 
eventful Wednesday night, especially one game on the men's basketball side of things and let you know what's going on this weekend. We said that it was important, if you were listening to our broadcast, women's basketball beating Memphis on Wednesday night, that UCF hosting Memphis men's basketball game. Of course, Houston is going to the NCAA tournament, trying to win the whole thing. Will the conference get two or maybe three teams? Well, this was the battle for getting into that two spot. And frankly, after watching UCF and Memphis, they both deserve to go to the NCAA tournament. 107-104, the Knights edge Memphis in an incredible game. You want to talk about up and down. This was UCF 21-9. Looks like they would blow it out. And then Memphis chips away, ends up taking the lead by five in the first half only to have UCF answer and go up at the break, 42-40. to 40. So what did Memphis do? Scored the first 16 points of the second half and really just looked like they were going to cruise. But UCF chipped away with some three-point shooting still. Memphis was up 74-63 with four and a half minutes to play. And even though the Knights hung around, it was still a five-point game in the final minute. UCF gets a couple of free throws with 43 seconds to go, then the huge turnaround. Knights full-court pressure, Memphis beats it, but then kind of anticipating the foul, the Tigers player just sort of stopped dribbling and stepped out of bounds. Ithiel Horton hits a three for UCF with 15 seconds to go to tie it up. Actually, Memphis had a clean look at a winning three that missed. Then in both overtimes, the Knights took command, but it was Memphis's turn for the late comeback. Again, Horton a three for 87 to 82 with 50 seconds left in the first overtime. Kendrick Davis, who had a huge night, gets an and one. UCF turns it over against the intense pressure of Memphis. It results in a dunk, and we're going to a second overtime. This time, UCF up six. Memphis gets it to one twice and had a chance to tie it at the end, but Davis misses the three. And what a terrible game he had. Or he scored 42 points. And he did it, by the way, with just one three-point make. He was one for seven. Memphis was just six for 18. But try 21 of 23 at the line. The Tigers as a team, 28 for 31. 30 points for Horton. Five for 10 on threes and nine for nine at the line. Just a classic game, which has the Knights looking good. They got to keep it going, obviously. Maybe the Bulls can ruin their hopes, but they're ranked 35th in the latest net. Memphis is at 50. Who is going to be the player of the week in the conference? You just heard 42 points in a loss, so you want to lean towards the winners, right? Marcus Sasser, 31 points on Wednesday night. Tyler Harris for the Bulls had the same. And Jalen Forbes, the two-lane, had 31 points on Wednesday as the Green Wave go to 4-1 and one in the conference, 11-5 and five overall. What an entertaining team that went at SMU, 97-88. Jalen Cook with 25 for that matter, SMU Stefan Todorovic had 27 and 10, but they fall to 6 and 11, 1 and 3 in the conference. And Cincinnati destroys East Carolina, the next Bulls opponent, at home, 83 to 55. David DeJulius, 11 points and 12 assists, as Cincy hit 14 threes, 10 in the first half, on 14 attempts while the Pirates are going 1 for 10 in the half. Cincy has been an up and down team, goes above 500 in the league, 12 and 6 overall, while the Pirates go to 10 and 8, 1 and 4. Tell you what, I'll be watching this one Saturday at 2. UCF off that big win at Tulane. That's going to be fun on ESPN. Also at 4 o'clock Saturday, Cincy at SMU, Tulsa at Wichita along with our USF at East Carolina game Sunday. The other one is Memphis at Temple. Two other women's contests were played Wednesday night. What a story the East Carolina Pirates have become. 12-5, and 3-1 in the league. They win in Philly against Temple, 72-51. A 17-0 run in the first six minutes of the second half. Four-point game midway through the second quarter. East Carolina got it up to 29 in the third. 
Danae McNeil continues her tear, scored 28 points. The senior guard's second straight career high. And the Pirates' defense forced 25 Owls turnovers. They are second in the country enforcing turnovers, 26 per game. And we'll talk more about this on our broadcast tomorrow night with Tulane coming to town with the Green Wave. Rolled Wichita State 76-53 for Tulane's first conference victory. So USF 4-0, Tulsa and Houston 3-0, and then East Carolina at 3-1. Kind of makes this one important. Houston at Tulsa. They play Saturday at 2 o'clock. And as I mentioned, tennis gets going this weekend. Actually started yesterday. SMU's men rolled Prairie View. 7 nothing today, just the Bulls. Tomorrow, Wichita, the men are playing in Tempe against Illinois. Tulsa's women get on the court for the first time Saturday. They've been the best program over the last couple of years after UCF. So we'll have a busy Monday show to recap it all for you. This has been Around the American.